we better figure out an intro soon because we're we're going. We're going. We're going with this. We're this going with here. I've got a golden ticket. Seeing the real thing with my eyes, and I can tell you the internet's fucking lying. You graze over the fact that there's poop smoke. <laughs> well, hello there, internet land. There's a land. There's always a land. Is it? Is it bountiful and plentiful? And it is before you get to the dark web. That's that's where Mufasa says not to go. Oh, okay. Is the that where, land. That's where the uh, elephant graveland graveyard yeah, is. Yeah, I I've gone there a few times uh, via tour just to check it out. But those hyenas are nasty. Uh, I I've never been. It's usually not a place that really anybody needs to go to. It's filled <laughs> For, with horrid things. There, yeah, a lot of that. Also, like journalists contacting um sources and stuff yeah keep them anonymous and whatnot if they would like to be yes or just you know good old assassin if you need to i mean yeah there's there's that i mean the the folks who like to pay to have their significant other killed or such but there's no silk road anymore at least i guess i I suppose (laughs) even though it's just still facilitated everywhere on the dark web (laughs) oh well there's a tangent already (laughs) oh so have you been doing thomas I've been all right. It's been a while, so some things have happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it has been quite a while, like a month and a half, I feel like. Something like that, yeah. Give or take a little bit. Let's see. I've been playing the Star Wars tabletop RPG thing. Your Tuesday night game night. Yeah, yeah, my Tuesday night game How's night. that been going? I, well, I haven't seen them in about a month, so. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's been out of town in Tennessee or wherever. Yeah, and, and I was out of town. Like the one week he would have been here, I was gone, and then he was gone for another two weeks. I think we're supposed to meet again this week, so um, there's that. But uh, we started off playing the the uh, troopers, which I believe we talked about previously on here. Yes, but so we we started off playing as them. He started us off in uh, like a training thing, like to our, our final training exam, if you will, with our two NPC, no three three other like NPC. Party members? Yeah, party members. Okay. We sort of passed. I mean, we passed, but we didn't pass with flying colors. <laughs> you made it through, just <laughs> not the way you would have liked to. So uh, the goal was to get the sergeant away from uh, away from the droids, the training droids that had him captive, whatnot. And so we were we were you know taking out droids. Then we we created an opening for the NPC players to get in there to try and wrestle him away from the droids. <laughs> Uh, and instead, one of the droids shot him in the leg. <laughs> the, uh, so, so the we didn't. NPCs or the the, the sergeant they were okay, trying to I w- save. I was going to say the guy. So he, he he wouldn't have died, but he wouldn't have been seeing combat either. Okay. <laughs> um, so that that was that was what we were given. Like, well, I mean, we completed the task. <laughs> like, yeah, but you could have done better. From there, we, we sent off on our first mission. Uh, the bumbling buffoons that our crew was. We had to. We had to break into this like relay station. So we break into this relay station. So there were two teams actually. There's our team on one side and the other team on the other side. Uh, we really we once we split, we didn't keep in contact because we didn't want them uh, catching our our, sig- our radio signals and knowing that we were there. Since this was supposed to be kind of we were trying to get in, get this information, get the person who was there in charge of the relay station to collect information, uh, and then you know move on to the next task that that might garnish. So. We're in there. We were going in there. We try to to rig up a mortar type thing to kind of create a distraction, so way the ground crew could get in. While I also had the the lat ship or something like that that I was flying around in. It's like one of the the, the big ones that have the space for all the the clone troopers to jump out on because we're playing oh, okay. like clone troopers. Yeah, yeah. 
but it has you know it has missiles and it has guns and whatnot little ball turrets yeah and so i was flying that with one guy with me and then the rest of the the crew the other four members you know greg bex and the two npc party members were all down on the ground and they were going to go in uh and i was trying to take out the tanks so that we didn't get murdered by tanks but we were also trying to to draw attention away from them thus the mortar system that sort of kind of worked everything's about half-assed sounds yeah yeah for the most part we we do clear that section out uh bex takes like almost the entire combat inside one tank like she did this awesome job she rolled some stuff got into this I, i i i created an opening where she was able to get into this tank. She does awesome things. She killed the first droid that was in the tank. And then she's getting in there wrestling around with this other droid and could not fucking kill it for, like, the majority of the fight. It was fucking hilarious. And and Brian's trying not to just murder her, so he's doing different things. At one point, she gets, like, kneed in the nuts uh, because they're killing troopers, so they're all guys. Yeah. Uh, so she gets kneed in the nuts. She finally kills him in there, and, and we, continue, we continue on. We leave half of our party outside with the tanks that are still work with the one tank that's still working and uh kind of i guess keep it keep nobody from coming in so you guys split the party we did we did split the party Ew. we we do we, we make our way through this base i fail miserably at trying to uh hack or rig anything <laughs> like i most of the time i would i'll roll and it's not it, it's like my fails and my successes cancel each other out so i'm neutral <laughs> it's like motherfucker <laughs> And then, uh, so we fail. I fail a bunch of those, or don't succeed in any of those. We end up, but we end up making our way up. We we kill some other droids. We come across a battle kid droid, one of those ones in the ball, roll yeah. around all over the place. Droid can, yeah. And uh, we come across one of those, and Greg has this great idea, and it, it was a really good idea for what it, for what he's trying to do. Had it have worked, it'd have been great. He didn't it didn't turn out horribly but it didn't work out the way he wanted it to either just like everything else so he throws a grenade uh he's trying to bring down like the wall or the ceiling like in front of this guy in front of the the droid so that way it couldn't shoot at us and we'd be able to go down the uh, this other hallway that we have because we had two options one of them had a battle and the other one was clear and now we have this battle staring at us so we can't just run away and, and expect it not to catch us especially when it rolls right it's like sonic yes and so he he throws this grenade blows up the wall um but maybe he rolled a despair as well is what it was and it was one of the support uh beams that he also took out which dropped the floor down (laughs) and at first it was on an angle he's like well at least it's on an angle and and brian looks at him and he goes and now the other side just fell (laughs) so you can't Uh get up so we had to go back up the way that we went up the first time we get to that same hallway. We go down the other way. We hide in some. We hide in a room. The the droid rolls past us, and we continue on. We get up to the top floor. We we get up there, and there's you know there's a couple big rooms. The first one's kind of living quarters, and then what's probably the um like the command center of this relay. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well I'm gonna clear the living quarters before we go into the the, the command center uh bex follows me in there and greg says i guess i'm gonna go into this other room ryan goes so you're gonna go by yourself into the other big room so you're splitting the split party <laughs> yes like he's trying to like and greg's just like i already decided so that's what i'm gonna do yeah that's what i'm doing and he goes okay so i'm in the living quarters i'm trying to clear it uh next thing my character knows is that half the wall bl- or half like the the wall blows up because of a grenade oh 
<laughs> and now I can see where where Greg is, and I can see into the command center. Bex make Bex Bex's character was taking a piss apparently during this time, uh, so she comes out. She gets she sneaks up and gets to the one wall. She was trying to like sneak in and do some uh, some brawling and and try and wrestle some stuff and whatnot. Um, or or even even if we get the droids to come out. We'd, she would be able to ambush him at that point. Is this like a Nacho Libre fucking <laughs> stormtrooper? Uh, her clone trooper? Her clone trooper is the heavy. Uh, so it's got, she's got like a, a fucking uh, like turret as her Gatling main gun. gun yeah. yeah. So yeah, she she's... I, she, I usually shoot that rather than trying to wrestle everything. <laughs> well, I mean, like she was trying to get the tank. Had she have successfully killed both of those droids earlier, she would have had the tank, and she would have been able to shoot shit with the tank. True. So she had a good plan, um, just did not execute it well. <laughs> she was because like, she was so hesitant on not destroying the like if she missed, she didn't want to destroy the the the, the controls in the tank. Because okay. if she did that, she wouldn't have been able to use the tank. Yeah. So that was kind of why she kept going that route. Um, in this case, she, we were trying to like coax maybe some of those droids out our way, and uh, it never worked. Greg's character goes down, then eventually Bex's character goes down, and my character kind of makes it. I mean, they both of those. Uh, did Bex's character? I'm sure Bex's character killed some stuff. I know Greg's did for sure. He threw an EMP grenade in there, and he definitely did some damage before he got wrecked. <laughs> well, he got wrecked. <laughs> he got wrecked, and, and uh, I, I made it over there. Eventually, Bex got wrecked, and they they just kept missing me or doing very little damage to me. And so I was also it helps the fact that I was in a plane earlier, uh, so all of my damage went to the plane and not to me, yeah. other, other than the strain. So they were on the ground. They obviously took more damage on the ground. So that that was also uh, not in their favor. But we do that. I'm act- I somehow managed to get rid of the other droids and uh, subdue the rodian that was in there the some the little lizard looking guy okay that was in there i'm like okay well i probably need to help my teammates let me help my teammates uh we check in with the guys downstairs a couple of times the the npc party members and they're fighting the battle cut down there with the tank they're not killing it but they're not they're, they're trying to fight it off with the the droid tank and whatnot and then i'm like what's going on with the other team and in, in in both cases, it was all right. Roll, uh, roll this this uh, force die for them, which has white and black pips. The guys downstairs are rolled. Uh, I think it was uh, is either one white, one white and one black, or just one white or something. And so they were just they were they were alive. They weren't dead, and but they were still having trouble. But for the other crew, when I asked that question, I rolled two whites. Oh, so immediately after killing everybody in there, they cut through the fucking windows and they come in through the windows. I'm like, hey. Hey, Good job. Up? We I already did you. all the work. How about helping my teammates? My commander's down. <laughs> and so is, so is our heavy. So, so yeah, that happened. Um, I managed to, to basically show up at the end of it and, and finish the job. Finish the job and save the day. <laughs> Even though, I mean, most, to be fair, probably most of the work was done by the other two characters <laughs> before I got there. But hey. You just got the assist. Yeah, you know. And uh, then we we uncover a little bit of stuff we find out that they were they had a bunch of clones that they had as prisoners mm-hmm. at this um base at this base camp so we had to go to the base camp and rescue them my ship was still pretty fucked up and then on the way into uh, down to the planet we got caught by a the vulture droid it's one of those old, it's one of the flying droids that can turn into a big walker on the ground Ooh. we killed a couple we killed i think one of them and then the other there was the last one 
finally like took us down. I, I made the landing. Uh, it was a little bit of a rough landing, but I made a landing. We didn't blow up. And you survived. The uh, the other guys, the other team came through and they finished off the uh, the droid, so we, we didn't die. And then we're like, all right, well, we got to fix the ship so that way we can get over there and have the ship to, to get the people on. Yeah. So we're, like, we're trying to figure out how to ship it, how to fix it. Uh, we you know, There's a town not too far away. We'll take the extra day to go and go into the town and do that. We kind of rummaged through our ship to pull any supplies off that we could, you know, just in case something happened. There were some space blankets, so I took a space blanket. And uh, and we also decided, well, if we're going to go in this town and we're a bunch of clones, we obviously need a, to d- make disguises. We it can't just help. we can't just show up as like a bunch of lookalikes. It would, it's going to, you know. People are going to know. I'm like, well, I'm just going to take the space blanket when you have a big foily looking thing and I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm just going to put that over my head and I'm going to use that. Bex makes hair out of grass. Um, and I forget what Greg did. Greg may have just gone in plain because he would have been fine fine at that point. So my my whole shtick going in was that the uh, the droids were trying to read my mind. And so the, uh, the space blanket on my head was trying to keep the droids out. So the separatists out so they wouldn't read my mind. And I'm tr- at the same time, I'm trying to, to haggle and get a um, a shield generator because my shield generator got fucked during the fight. <laughs> well, you should have just used the uh, space blanket. It shields everything, right? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so uh, I, I I didn't I didn't manage to haggle it down, but it so it cost me all the credits that I current that I had at that time uh, for buying it. And I, and so then the rest of the like the rest of the way I I because the goal was to buy that and to buy a uh, uh, something to to roll up to carry it on yeah like a hover crate or whatever and so I, I couldn't do that so I still have to get it back there so now I'm I'm dragging it with a tent with a tarp and uh, and and I have my my space blanket on my head <laughs> which was funny when uh, when Greg's character was walking through the town and. and Brian points out that he sees me car- carrying the shield generator out. Just like, what the fuck? Uh, we managed to save the clones. That We took more time in the city, so he, we ended up rushing through the uh, saving of the clones. But we did it. We saved them. We got them out. And that was where we last left off. Uh, so we'll find out what happens. I think we're switching over to our other characters now. Oh, we'll see. going to find out the other side of the story. Yeah. So that was that. Uh, but also in the meantime of uh, time off, I saw Book of Mormon. How was that? It was great. I wanted to go see that, but I, I wasn't here. So, so yeah, you weren't here. So I was trying to find somewhere to go with. Um, and I asked my mom, and at first she was like, you know, whatever. I think I may have sort of guilted her into going. Uh, but she had a blast. She really enjoyed it. Good. <laughs> I, I've heard it's one of the fucking funniest musicals ever. It's hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. It is. Uh, it, it, it definitely there's a lot of the the South Park humor in there. I'm pretty sure they used some of the um, like original voiceover work because it sounds like like G, the the Jesus in the play sounds like South Park Jesus. <laughs> um, and there's a couple. There's one of the other characters that definitely sounds like someone would have been from South Park. I wouldn't be surprised. So there, there was a little bit of that, um, but the the between the music and and everything that they did, it was it was absolutely hilarious. And it was really well done. The fact, the fact that like shortly into it, like like within uh, I don't know maybe twenty minutes of the first act, there there's a big essentially it says "fuck you, God," <laughs> and I forget what the what the phrasing is in in the for the country of the people, but they're explaining to to the Mormon guy. 
because the first time, it's the first time I treated it more like a Akuna Matata mm-hmm. type thing. Like it's kind of like just their mantra. It's how they get through their day, and then it, he he finds out through the song that it, it means "fuck you, God." <laughs> and I'm sitting there with my mom, and I'm like, "Oh God, I hope she's she, I hope she's <laughs> finding this humorous." Yeah, she she did. She was laughing. She thought it was good. And then uh, this past weekend, we saw the Music Man. Oh, how which that was phenomenal. I heard that would be good. Um, I, I mean, got some of those, or I get the emails from Great Lakes Theater and whatnot, and they yeah. always give the ratings and reviews. I, I mean, I I've seen well, like the high school did Music Man back when my brothers were in high school, mm-hmm. uh, and then they did it again when I was in high school. Yep, because uh, that was my freshman year. Yeah, because that was when um the guy, one of the guys, had played the kid when they did it the first time around, and now he was a senior, so they, he wanted to do and play the main role this time around which yeah is the whole which is why they did it and so i, I always enjoyed it i love the music and stuff i bought the tickets for mom for her birthday so we went which was back in september but we you know went this past weekend <laughs> it's all um good. they did a phenomenal job with the set and, and the funny thing is so it was at the hannah theater how have you been at the hannah yeah okay the smaller one yeah um i didn't realize the tickets i, I and maybe i realized at the time and then just forgot but I, I had, we had like second row seats. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so so the way the handle works for people who don't know is it's a really small theater and they they use the aisles for like entrances and exits. So every little bit of this theater, they, they use it like as much as they can because they have such a small space, uh, which means that a lot of the like singing and stuff and, and acting is like, you know, within 10 feet of me. Yeah. <laughs> I love that little theater. It's the best one. It was it was really good. That was, was a cool thing, especially for Music Man being right there. Uh, the guy that they had playing, uh, Harold Hill, who is a con man who uh, is been going around uh, pretending to be a music professor selling uh, instruments and marching band equipment to kids in different towns. And then he takes off once he has, a, you know, maybe the first share of the money. And kind of leaves everyone not knowing how to play their instruments and giving traveling salesmen a bad name. Yep. So the, the guy they have at the beginning of it, like, you, yeah, you, you want to like him, but at the same time, you want to hate him. Like, he's, he's so good. He's so charismatic. Uh, he does such a great job with it. It was awesome. Always good to hear. Yeah, I think uh, that's usually the same troupe who puts on the other plays, too. So I'm wondering which actor played him. Uh, I don't have. I can see the guy in my face. I don't know any of their names, but yeah, it's usually the same type of rotating cast throughout all their plays throughout the year. Yeah, I mean they, they, I know it's the same cast. Well, I know at least the 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 leading man was the the same guy who did it when they when they were performing it out at Blossom, uh, during the summertime. Oh, interesting. Because they they perform out there at that little theater. So I know that he was the one because it's, it's all the same advertising and stuff that I've seen. That Like when we were out there, we saw this, that advertising. So I know it's the same production. True, same production. Um, you know, I'm sure maybe some people changed here or there, but at least the leading man, like all the same advertisement, advertisement stuff was used for the one that I saw as well, as well as the one that was done uh, during the summer. Nice. But yeah, it was really good. Um, and then before that, so uh, that was on Saturday, but on Friday... Ray and I went and saw Bowling for Soup and Less Than Jake. Nice. Less Than Jake's always so good. <laughs> it, was, it was a fun show. Uh, it, it was a really, really good one. I got to say, I was a little disappointed that Bowling for Soup didn't play the Jimmy Neutron theme song. Of course. During the set. But, you know, can't have everything, I guess. No. 
<laughs> although they they were like listing off all their their achievements and stuff and that was one of the things they listed off and then they also go who who here wants to to hear our our smash hit stacy's mom now a little bit of backstory here was I know of the, I know of the song. I forgot who the artist was originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I I was listening to Bowling for Soup and uh, Less Than Jake on my Pandora, that song had come up. I was like, oh okay, they they do that song. Not really thinking, not giving it much more thought because all of it's from like the ninety late nineties, early two thousand. Exactly. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And uh, I had made a mention to that one to one of the guys at work, and he goes, "That's not their song, man. That's a it's a Fountains of Wayne or something like that." And when he said that, I was like, you know, you're right. But I, I I swear to you, they did this song. Yeah. Like, it, it it came up on my Pandora station as Bowling for Soup. Bowling for Soup did Stacy's Mom as well. It must have been a cover, because you're definitely right. It, it, it was Fountains of Wayne. And I, I looked it up and I, to make sure, and I showed, like, because I was like, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. So I looked it up, found out it was, like, 2011 that they did it. So flash forward to the, uh, back to the um, concert, and we're sitting there like, oh, who wants to hear our smash hit? Stacy's mom everyone cheers and then they go okay okay let's be real it's not actually our song but for the last eight years we've been taking credit for it yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> they're the best known for it <laughs> so they they played Stacy's mom they played they played pretty much all their hits it was a really good show um I don't know that much less than Jake off the top of my head but they definitely played a bunch of stuff and even there I guess this, this was the last stop on that tour so they were like yeah we're gonna play some weird shit too because we're kind of tired of playing Johnny Quest every night. <laughs> every goddamn night. <laughs> so they played a bunch of different stuff. Uh, it was a really good show, though. That it was, was always kind of cool to see the tail end of a tour, because oh, yeah. the bands do that. They're like, we've had the same fucking thing. We're going to change this up. Right, right. Yes, I agree. That has, for the most part, been my time away. I'm uh, almost done with Dragon Quest. I beat the game. I'm going through post-game stuff to get the final ending. Oh. Which, it's okay um the, the main the main game main story was pretty good other than like i guess spoilers here um a late game thing that happened during, during like the actual regular game before post game um one of your characters sacrifices herself to save you yeah um during like halfway through the game and you find out later on so you're like what the fuck man i just put poured all the stuff into the character but then i realized that all the stuff i poured into that character got transferred over to her twin sister so cool i really didn't lose anything yeah uh, there was a way to save that that failure on the developer's part yeah they, they 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 transferred everything over so it was like okay cool it didn't get wasted now post game they go hey there's a way to save her there's this time travel aspect that you could do go do that thing and so now you get now i'm in the middle of doing that i did the time travel i saved her and i unleashed a different dark evil on the world and now i have to stop that you gotta stop it all <laughs> so that's what i'm in the middle of doing i'm almost i'm almost done with it at this point it's just clearing up a few quests say uh doing a little bit more grinding the first part of that game like all the way from the beginning to that first credits scene um i never really like had a full party die and one of the mechanics in the game is if like your initial party like completely dies like the, the remaining party members will just come out jump out yeah and so I never had that happened until after the credit stuff. And I was fighting some extra bosses. And I was like, damn, dude, I'm getting wrecked right now. Oh, cool. The other team came out. That's cool. <laughs> Glad they're also leveled up and have equipment on them. So it wasn't horribly matched. Somehow, like, my my main team got wrecked. The, the backup team totally tanked a couple of the bosses. Like, they just came in, took the damage, beat the shit out of it. And one with the, the like half of my team dead. <laughs> Damn. And, and the thing is, best part about it is, um, 
only character for the most part of the game that I've been controlling other than a few like, oh, I need to control a character to be able to do this quest mm-hmm. um, because I need to perform a specific ability. Uh, I, I I set them all to attack on their own. That you can give them commands. You can tell them fight wisely, focus on healing, attack without mercy, conserve MP, whatnot. Or you can just tell them to follow orders. You can give them all orders. I set them all how I wanted them to attack, and they've all been really good throughout the game until this post-game stuff where I've been getting wrecked, and I've had to pay a little bit more attention to what I'm doing. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> but the best part it's is... a little harder. The, uh, the, when my, my, when my backup team showed up, they were still all on auto attacks, and I didn't bother changing. Like, you can change it in the middle of a fight if uh-huh. you want to. I didn't bother changing. I was like, I'm just going to see how this plays out. They fucking wrecked. I'm like, cool, man. You guys just tanked the boss and I didn't have to do anything. Just start pulling them out first now. <laughs> I guess. Just run that as the main team. Go into fights. Walk away. Come back half hour later. I didn't know how strong I made you guys. <laughs> well, they're, like, they're, they're, no, they're not even that much. They should be on par with the other side of the team. Uh, everyone's about around the same level, too. So I don't know why they're they're so much stronger, but they are. <laughs> It's just a better mesh. Apparently. Yeah, I've been doing that, and then uh, I bought my ticket to Sonic Temple. Going to see Metallica two nights? Yeah. That's where I'm like, uh, it's Metallica two nights. Two different sets. Um, yeah, just for me, I'm like, I, know. I, I don't know. Right, I know. I, well, first Those dollar th- tickets might be pretty good. Yeah, well, yeah if they do them. Uh, they're on level two right now is well earlier today they were on level two i assume they, they still are you can do layaway pricing right now so you can pay it off slowly or you can pay it outright like i did but you yeah, know there uh, there was rumor that the so the way this whole thing shook out was it was okay metallica put up a, a countdown next day oh sonic temple put up a countdown all right wait the, the countdowns almost match they're they're like three hours apart that's about what the the time difference is eventually they they figured that out and they fixed that and so they were the, the timers were the same not only did that happen the best part about this i think was the fact that on the sonic oh on all of the danny weimer um websites for the countdown was this oh uh, these hackers took over the website and they're not giving us access unless we tell them what they want <laughs> or they're gonna leak everything so uh people of the internet go and they start plugging in website names and find out that the metallica countdown website is attached to danny weimer (laughs) hey guess what there's an announcement between metallica and danny weimer uh festivals i wonder what's gonna happen so cool metallica is gonna play like all right well metallica is playing uh gonna headline one of the nights sammy might not be interested we'll see what happens then the timers stop then the the live feeds start and then we find out that they're not headlining one night they're headlining two nights at uh five different festivals so there's going to be 10 different sets for metallica which i mean i'm sure by 10 different sets it means we're gonna play here's greatest hits and a couple other couple different songs yeah and it's gonna be mostly the same unless which are still fingers crossed since they're gonna be doing uh five festivals i'm hoping that means five out of the 10 shows is gonna be a uh m tour night which would be awesome because normally when when bands do two nights like that mm-hmm. it's usually like here's a greatest hits night or like it could be here's one album and here's another album and they're gonna play like all of this album plus some greatest hits and then the next night they'll play all of this album plus some greatest hits so or they'll do one album and just a greatest hits night yeah so i'm really hoping for an snm night and then a greatest hits night that'd be awesome but there's no actual details on any of that and they probably won't be until the first con until the first festival yeah but it'll be interesting to see what they do playing that many big shows right well yeah i mean they they're they've been doing it for years so it's it's more interesting to see that they're doing that 
like just across the U.S., which is something they didn't. Other than like Ozfest, they never really did something like that. I think in my recollection, I'm I'm more interested to see how the fuck they fill out the rest of the bands. Yeah, I'm, like you have two headlining bookends of Metallica. So who does the middle night? Before they would do like kind of themed days almost. Like you had kind of an alternative day that would have like some of your punk stuff in it and alternative rock. You had your heavy metal night and then you had like kind of the classic metal night. Yeah, this is true. They, they kind of started leaning that way. So now they have Metallica on either end. What the fuck do you put in the middle? Also, what the hell do you have on the two days where Metallica is there <laughs> playing and ending the nights? Yeah, that will be interesting to see because they're Friday night and Sunday night, I believe. Yeah. I saw. So yep. Friday night is going to be more packed than it usually is. Probably. Well, yeah. System of Down was Friday last year. Yeah. It, it always depends on the band. Yeah. Uh, Metallica would definitely have a pretty good draw. The There was, I mean, so Hetfield went into rehab uh, for severe al- alcohol addiction. And so they had canceled their Australian and New Zealand tour with Slipknot. And uh, well, with Slipknot at one point. So they were supposed to be touring together. So at one point, there was a rumor that Slipknot was also going to be an announcement for um, Sonic Temple as well. That'd be interesting. Which would make sense. Yeah. Uh, But then it gets a little bit weird if it's like uh, Slipknot opening up for Metallica. It would also be... But at the same time, it would also kind of be weird if you have Metallica closing, Slipknot closing, then Metallica closing. Yeah. It's a little bit weird because my my initial thought was it was going to be Korn... Uh, Slipknot and Metallica were the headliners. It was my my initial thought. Obviously, I was wrong. So, things have changed. Yeah. So now I'm just I don't know what the fuck to guess. Yeah, I I don't even know who you who you fill out in there because you would think another like big name rock band like not as classical as Metallica, but also I don't know like Slipknot just doesn't seem to fit it either. Right. I mean, like I I could see them doing it, but it'd, it'd be weird to see Slipknot not close something out. You know, it's weird to think of Slipknot as the opener. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they came on before Metallica. Right. Like, we're Slipknot, and they're Metallica. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's not something that that can't... I mean, again, so Slipknot and Metallica were touring together, obviously, one of them had to open for the other on that, it, it, had they done that, that tour. Yeah. So it, it would have happened either way. It's just weird to think about it like that, because that would mean that Slipknot's set wouldn't be quite as long as it was even the last time we saw them there. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. last time I saw Slipknot there, I got a black eye. <laughs> Not intentionally. Nobody actually threw a punch in my face. Someone got hit in the mosh pit and their head came back and clocked me in the head. <laughs> Just smacked you in the eye. <laughs> and then the rest of the weekend, dude, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the rest of the lineup isn't due until this uh, December 2nd is what it's initially uh, officially announced as so a little bit over a month to find out yeah just in time for christmas right it's the way it's uh, they have been doing it that way it's like cyber monday is the day that we're gonna announce all the Mm -hmm. the rest of the bands so that's what that'll be i mean we'll see what the the lineup is maybe you'll maybe i'll be wrong and you'll you'll be interested and want to go you never know i mean you could pull what uh what ray and i have done multiple times which was oh avenge sevenfold's playing we're just gonna leave exactly (laughs) it's a possibility we stayed for for everything except for that or uh we watched like half of guns and roses and left or half of uh kid rock and left i never saw the biscuit okay yeah we stayed for like three songs and left yeah i've I've definitely done that so i mean i i think if if you are going i think you should stay at least for half of one of the nights and see what's going on because they they put on some some um 
showmanship over the years. Mm-hmm. Also, this year is going to be a little bit weird because like, if you buy a ticket or you sign up for newsletters or a bunch of other different things that you can do to get put into the raffle, you could win two golden tickets, which gives you like the VIP treatment for the show, but also puts you in their, their snake pit. So the way the Metallica stage in a lot of places has been set up is this like it comes out and, and they, they used to have like snakes as part of their um, uh, logo. Like they had like uh, I think on the black album there might be like a uh, effigy of a snake. Yeah, yeah. And so they have this kind of circular like this the way the the stage comes out and around it creates this little circle pit of like fans that can be like in the middle of the stage basically. Okay. And so they call it the snake pit. And they can walk around them and whatnot. <clears throat> yeah. And all of the advertisement for for the Metallica stuff has been showing that same snake pit. And I was looking up more and more stuff and I found out that basically by buying a ticket and doing these other things, you can uh, be entered in to win tickets to be in that pit. I've got a golden ticket. Right. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll get lucky. I'll be one of Willy Wonka's kids and I'll be in the pit. You could the... Be. And I'm, if I have a free ticket, Sammy, <laughs> all I need to do is sell my other ticket. But this is true. <laughs> Much better. Right. So yeah, it's um, it'll be interesting to see what what, what comes out of this. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see what what definitely is announced in December. It's always the Just, fillers that really do mean a lot. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Uh, for me, the the closers this time around are definitely well. Uh, the experience in general is enough to sell me for the ticket at this point uh, because like I got my ticket before it went up in price, so I was able after fees it was like 327 dollars or something like that mm-hmm. after fees and now they're 300 dollars before fees of course and it's like 50 dollars in fees yeah so and it'll just go up yeah and there's phase three so good luck yeah Sam. good luck yeah <laughs> to be it, fair there are plenty of people like you who will wait and and that definitely helps you out when you're trying to decide if you want to go exactly you never know so you never know what could happen but uh sorry i took a lot of time there it is oh no you're all but, good. but you you had a lot of stuff that you did too so oh, yeah <laughs> there's been a whole lot that has gone on in everybody's lives it's been like a month yes but yeah i i returned back from the land of the ice where there's not a lot of ice at <laughs> returned from the land of the green <laughs> it is very green it's black it's green it's desolate well, that was the thing is uh greenland is icy but iceland was greeny <laughs> but there isn't like uh, one glacier that takes up 10 percent of the island or something it's like true, that yeah <laughs> but other than that there's not a huge amount of ice i wasn't disappointed there but that's because i know global warming's occurring and of course it's <laughs> melting away <laughs> the, the glacier's slowly becoming smaller yeah but holy shit that that was a good trip i a good escape away from everything and escape away into the unknown because like I, that place everything there just changes over the course of like walking a mile through the landscape like obviously some places take like five six miles to change right but all of a sudden you come over a rise and you're like holy fuck did i just like leave the land of the dwarves and <laughs> is this the land of the elves in front of me <laughs> we got there to reykjavik and not having slept for a few days pretty much because i can never sleep before a trip and then it was a red eye to iceland and then getting there it's like well now we gotta get all our gear we gotta get everything we gotta get all our food and then so didn't sleep for like two days until six o'clock at night and then the dude who we were sharing the hostel room with just kept slamming the fucking door so like (laughs) maybe slept a few hours (laughs) then woke up at midnight walked around and whatnot and hung out in reykjavik but then immediately 
our second day there, went right to the trailhead of the La Vigura Trail. I can know it, it suck at saying all this <laughs> shit. It's so hard. But uh, we, we went there in Lan Manalalgar and just hung out for a day because we didn't want to just start this trail that we had to, for our own itinerary, do 17 miles the first day. We were a little bit crazy with that one, but it worked out very well. But we're like, yeah, we're we're just going to hang out at the hot springs at the beginning of the trail for a day, just do day hike. And so we started out at Land Monologer, hung out there for the third or the second day in Iceland, and the third day immediately started this trek. And we had six miles pretty much of uphill immediately, and it was like a 1,500-foot incline or uh, elevation gain that we were going over. But we were in Land Monologer, which is like sandy reddish soil and then there's lava rocks here and there and there's literally a lava field that comes into the valley and it's just like black rock and you could see literally where this lava just stopped after whatever volcano was just flowing Mm -hmm. and so it's like huge contrast there then you walk like two miles away go up towards this volcano and then all of a sudden it's just fucking green and shit and everything just completely changes it was just completely awe-inspiring because like i've never seen a landscape like that before like technically kind of have like i've been to south america i've been to yellowstone but just it's such a remote area and Everything that's so unique about so many other places all seem to be included in Iceland and all the different climates and environments that are there, which is what makes it just so outstanding. We went and hiked on a uh, up or close to a volcano the first day, and then we started our real trail and did that uh, six miles uphill the first day just through lava rock, just completely lava field, everything just completely craggy, and walk past these huge fucking steam and sulfur vents that are cool as shit because it's just like shit just coming out of the ground like i've seen it in yellowstone before but the massive size of some of these sulfur pits and like steam vents like there was one that was like 30 feet wide just a huge cloud of steam going into the air and it's like i don't know if this is making clouds right now but like this looks like i'm just on an island that produces clouds and just shoots them into the air go walking through that for a little while we get up to uh i can't ever say this hut's named how something blah 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 it's like five syllable fucking word <laughs> and supercalifragilisticexpialidocious yeah but with a lot of f's and h's and v's and a's and n's and so yeah it, it's just not easy we went and we had lunch up there finally after making it up the huge hill and we met this kiwi girl from new zealand she was just sitting over on the deck and i'm like well we got this full fucking table i'm about to be like hey you want to come meet lunch with us because we're just sitting here alone and like one of the coolest things about being on the trail was we only met one other group of americans at the beginning of the trail and then one other group at the end of the trail so like there's just no other americans and i'm all about like trying to talk to whoever and learn about as much culture as i can so i'm like hey come sit with us and find out she's from new zealand she is backpacking the whole trail uh by herself just had a good old lunch hung out with her and then she continued on for the day but later on we actually ended up hanging out with her and another guy from the Netherlands and completing our trek with them, which was just one of those really cool things. Like two random crazy ass American motherfuckers just pick up a couple other people to start hiking with them. And we made our own little motley cruise, what we <laughs> called it. We continued on from the high cabin at the big long word that I can't say. And we crossed through like these ash plains and through some like snow bridges that really weren't bridges. Cause everything was melting. There. <laughs> like you would go and take a look at this little, valley running down from the mountain and you would think there'd be like 
just snow you could walk across because it's just flat snow but then you'd see like the little cavern where the river ran out from it and you're like yeah. yep you walk on that motherfucker you're falling through <laughs> and the trail actually went across a few of those so we had to like divert out of the way of that and go up the safe ways because yeah if you're walking across those ice bridges you fall through and you're already like only a few miles from the one hut but like from any real road you're you're at least like 10 miles or so okay like they have roads that go to these huts but they're roads that they have to take cars on that have like the self-inflate and deflate tires with the hoses that run to them because it's just literally in the middle of fucking nowhere and like the buses we had to take to the trail crossed rivers so yeah you're you're not really in the middle of nowhere because there's these huts and these little destination points you can get to but it's this remote ass island that only 350,000 people live on which is like a little smaller than the state of texas so like it's this huge mass of land with just not a lot of people right and so it's just really cool hiking through that and all the desolate landscape and like hiking through that black ash and then we climb this mountain or not this mountain but this hill towards a mountain go down to a valley climb another ridge and then all of a sudden like in the background as soon as you go over this ridge it's just green and bright and sunny after we're walking through clouds and rain and wind and i was just like what the fuck is this like (laughs) we had talked to this german couple who had said you're going that way the opposite way we're coming man your jaw's gonna drop when you get over that rise and i'm like man i'm I'm just been awestruck by everything i see so far she was completely right. And my, I went over the rise and my jaw just completely dropped. Like, I, I had no words for what I was seeing. It looked like just a complete painting, just painted over all this black and gray and brown rock. And then all of a sudden it's just green for as far as the eye can see mm-hmm. with a little lake in the valley. And then the sun just pointing down on the lake with all this, like, Jesus sun rays. <laughs> like, it was the most beautiful fucking sight ever. And I had brought an offering to Odin because... I'm me, and I'm traveling to another country, so I wanted to honor their gods. And right after we got to that point and started getting to the more fertile land, a raven flew over, and ravens are one of the signs of Odin. They're mm-hmm. the messengers of Odin. There's Hugin, or Hugin and Yunin, and they it's one of the big signs that Odin's looking out. So right as soon as I saw that, after seeing this beautiful valley, Aftulavan Valley, hard to say, and uh, I was like, well, this is my sign. This is where I got to place my offering. Worked a little bit of my magic or whatnot, did a little bit of prayer, hiked down in the valley, then all of a sudden it started to rain this little mist, but it was sunny as shit out, and then we turn around, and there's just this fucking rainbow, perfect rainbow that you could see each end of, which there's no motherfucking pot of gold at either end of that goddamn <laughs> rainbow. It's a goddamn lie. I saw both ends with my own eyes. But just didn't dig deep enough. No, I, I didn't even know you needed to dig. Yeah, you this never isn't know. something I, I anybody told me. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Oh, shit. Well, I, now I need to go back. In Icelandic culture, rainbows are called Bifrost, which is the bridge of the gods. It's how the bridge or the gods connect across worlds and whatnot so it was just like really cool for me how i just worked some spirituality shit out of myself and did what i do and then i just get two signs that kind of link to what my spirituality is and so it was just very reinvigorating very refreshing and i don't know just a positive sign for me to have had that happen especially like only on the third day or fourth day in iceland it was just a beautiful thing and i was like yep this is gonna be a good trip this is gonna be good for me I'm going to be able to grow from this, and which is one of the whole things I wanted to do was go on this trip and grow in any way, shape, or form I could. And I, I definitely think I, I grew. I got a lot more growing still to do, and you realize that sometimes after you do such inward searching. But uh, 
it, it was a very good experience for me. But there's that tension. <laughs> so we're going through this uh, trail. We get to the Atlavan uh, huts, and it's right next to this lake. And this is a place about like 15 miles in, and they say you can camp here, but there's no other tents here. And we were walking along, and the Kiwi girl, Erin, we met earlier, is like standing in front of these huts. So that when we get up there, and she's like, so guys, uh, I talked to them. There's going to be a windstorm at 6 a.m., and they don't suggest that we stay here unless we stay in the hut, which is like $45 a goddamn person to stay in this hut that holds 18 people in mm. like one small ass room. So, like, fuck that bullshit. I'm not about <laughs> that when I got my tent on the back. <laughs> no, I, well, I was trying to cuddle with a sheep the entire time I was there. That was like the running thing. I was trying to find the sheep to cuddle with, but it never happened, unfortunately. Right. I found a lot of sheep, just none that wanted to cuddle. Okay. So, we're like, yeah, well, definitely gotta go hike to Hovengill because fuck sitting here at six o'clock in the morning and being blown away by a windstorm. Right. And so we hiked the next four kilometers over to Havengill, which ended up being a much cooler area anyway. It was like this little horse ranch nestled in between two completely moss-covered green mountains. It, it was even better of a sunset view, too, because we would have had the lake to see the sunset over before, but just the sunset, how it turned all the green moss and everything completely gold was amazing and just beautiful, beautiful evening hike. But we get to Havengill, we just hang out there and we start cooking up dinner. So Aaron comes over and joins us for dinner like she joined us for lunch. And then this guy, Jan, comes over and we start talking to him. He's like, you got room for one more? We're like, yeah, fuck yeah, we got room for one more. Sit down. This dude was sweet as fuck. He was like close to in his 50s or was in his 50s and he was a previous foreign journalist so he's okay. no longer doing foreign journalism but this dude's been to afghanistan he's been to south america he's been to war zones and he had some of the coolest fucking stories to tell like dude just came out of the netherlands and he's talking about how like he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life because now he can't be a foreign journalist because he got moved at his company and they won't move him back and he's like i might just travel the fucking world and just really cool to see like i guess maybe someone in their midlife crisis and determining what to do but by taking a trip and just getting out of themselves mm -hmm. and just trying to kind of self-seek and so it was one of those cool things seeing someone else who was a little bit more self-seeking and uh trying to figure out where they want to be in life and who runs away into the wilderness to try to help them find that after that we we hung out we all became good friends there for a little bit because i mean when you got no one else to talk to right everybody just once you once you do start talking because all of us were hiking alone except like me and evan were hiking together like the floodgates just open up you just start talking about all this bullshit of course trump came up right <laughs> and aaron was like good you're fucking sane americans you're not assholes <laughs> but that was the beginning of our motley crew next morning though holy fuck did that windstorm start coming and we got up and it was like probably five to six o'clock in the morning when we were getting up and i was like there's a break in the rain there's a break in the wind and a break in the rain really wasn't a break in the rain it was more just like it was drizzling rather than actually coming <laughs> down and just pouring on you so i was like all right i'm taking down my fucking tent I'm going to go wake up Jan and Aaron because I don't know that we're hiking together, but like we all just had a good time. So I want to let them know that, hey, there's a pause in the rain. If you want to get dry or stay dry while you unpack your shit or pack up your shit, best to get going now. So I wake them up. They thank me. And then we don't see them moving very quickly. So we get started at like pre seven o'clock in the morning. And this entire day, we're walking across uh, ash fields again. And it's just black sand this time. Like, before it was gritty rock and whatnot, it's just black fucking sand. Mm -hmm. It is raining. 
the wind is blowing and when the wind blows in Iceland it doesn't just blow like 10 miles an hour it's like 20 to 30 motherfucking miles an hour and so I'm walking diagonally so I can maintain a straight course yeah. while I have like 40 fucking pounds on my back so it, it that shit was strong and there was a few times where I'm just standing there and I just had to catch my balance because I probably almost fell over like trying to take a video with the GoPro or whatnot but there's a couple of cool like bridges to cross that day a couple of cool waterfalls but we just fucking plowed through it because we only had six miles to do and it wasn't miserable but when you're trying to hike and the wind's blowing and it's raining and shit's getting in your eyes like there was also a river crossing which was fun but like it's just there's a lot of shit that you gotta do while you keep hiking right and to keep track of where the trail is and keep a track of how far you're going it can just be a little much at times but the river crossing was really cool because it was supposed to be up to our asses and i really had hoped it was gonna be up to our asses but it was only about like knee to almost mid thigh height and we go across it and it it's level for a little bit but then it just dips in and so you got to step down into it and just get cold I don't know why it's like better than morning fucking coffee when you do that <laughs> shit. You walk through it. You're like, please don't get my nuts wet because that'll be the worst right now. <laughs> and got to get across it. Yeah, I don't know. I just like river crossings for whatever reason. There's just uh, inherent risk involved, especially when you're in the middle of nowhere. You're in a river crossing. You're as skinny as I am. <laughs> and you get pushed around by the water because I'm walking straight. But of course, I'm walking on a diagonal going downstream because I actually can't walk straight. So I don't know. They're a lot of fun for me. But we get to Emstrur, which is the next hut, like by noon or something ridiculous like that. Not even. And all we could do there was just sit in the kitchen tent that they had because we could have set up our tents, but the wind was going still like 20 some miles an hour. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I'm not going to fucking set up my tent in the wind and the rain, especially when there's this good like base camp Everest kitchen tent that was strapped down with the... uh little ratchet straps that okay. you use for uh like stacking shit on trucks right but man was that thing blowing we had like a 40 pound rock on one door end and a probably 50 pound rock on another door end because the zipper to the door was of course broke so it was just flapping in and at one point me and this kid just had to keep resetting these rocks on the doors like every 10 minutes because the wind would just come blow them completely away almost slap you in the face and then you'd have to do it again so at one point i'm just sitting on the closest bench with both my feet on this rock reading my kindle just like yep i'm the doorstop today and you'll have that and then we we went outside to set up our tents when the wind finally had died down and mine ran away a couple of times on me <laughs> I was like, God damn it, I just threw rocks in my tent and then started setting up the rain fly over it. It's probably one of the more interesting tenting setup experiences I've ever had. But we hung out that day once Aaron and uh, Jan got there, and we just hung out in the kitchen and we're like, all right, there's supposed to be another river crossing tomorrow. And Erin had gotten completely wet at the river crossing. Somehow she let her boots get dunked in oh. and her mittens got like soaked. And we're in the middle of Iceland where like the high is 55 every day and there's no heaters. So like, I guess there was a heater inside one of the huts. So she determined to stay in the hut that night. But we made a pack that we're going to go hike the next day across the, the biggest or longest river crossing it, it was supposedly the biggest in one way shape or form and we're like we're gonna have a pact we're gonna be the motley crew we hike this and we're all gonna cross at the same time to be safe so next morning we all get up and start hiking and that was one of the most enjoyable days of hiking like the first day of hiking was definitely the most enjoyable for scenery but just being in a group of people like 
everybody's different. Everybody has their own personalities. Most of us are from different countries other than me or Evan. Mm-hmm. And just the camaraderie and like the little teamwork that comes from just all sharing the same likeness of the uh, wilderness and uh, wanting to have the same experience and just get out there and experience this world and what it has to offer is just a really cool thing, especially when you get a cool tight-knit group of people like that. So we go hiking through all these lava fields. We go hiking through some like farm almost fields, which there's not a lot of farm out there. Mostly it's just sheep pastures and like only 1% of the land is farmable, which is fucking crazy because it's all just volcanic rock and ash so Mm -hmm. not too much nutrients and not much to grow on it but we get to the next water crossing we get ready to go and we see a bunch of people crossing in a bunch of different areas and we're like fuck like this isn't that big but it's one of those rivers that has just a bunch of like little tributaries that go off of it connect back together so there's like three little short parts to cross so we go and get on our gear and whatnot and evan goes and he crosses and then jan lights a cigarette up and he goes and crosses and me and aaron just look at each other like well i guess we're the only ones crossing together now (laughs) and she had no crossing shoes at all jan gave her a pole to cross with but i'm like i ain't much but i'll stand upstream and try to break this flow for you you go at my speed or i'll go at your speed you let me know if i'm going too fast and if you're going slower i'll just slow down so we go and cross it and it's not that bad but I also have crossing shoes on and we're crossing a lava rock and she doesn't have shoes on. So I cannot imagine it was very easy for her. And it took us definitely a little bit to get across, but we, we did finally get across and finally got to our destination of Thor's Mark after three days of hiking, 35 miles. And we sat down and Aaron had her like weird rubbing alcohol gin that she bought from the uh the duty free store that she was sharing with Jan the entire time and those motherfuckers like just kept going at it shot after shot and just like not getting drunk but like just talking all night long and they're like complaining about how they're drinking makeup remover i'm sitting over there eating chocolate and like just drinking what? My apple eating sip. chocolate dude it was good icelandic chocolate like i will eat chocolate anywhere else but usually in america <laughs> Especially after not having sweets for like a full like four or five days and being so calorie deprived. <laughs> My treat to myself was Appleson, which is like, even though you think apple, it's an orange drink. It's like Fanta, but without as much sugar. So it's like good. Okay. And then uh, a bar of Icelandic chocolate. So yeah, we were just in there at Thor's Mark all night long, joking around, hanging out. And uh, it, it was just a great experience to meet those two. I, I definitely have a feeling I'll be going to New Zealand within the next five years. Okay. Aaron's definitely trying to get us to come down to New Zealand to go visit, go trekking. Jan wants us to come out to the Netherlands. Um, we were like, well, if you ever come to Cleveland, let us know. <laughs> but uh, you're not going to be ever coming to Cleveland. So, yeah. Yeah, that trail was just absolutely unbelievable. Just crossing all the random landscapes from lava fields to sulfur pits to ice fields up in the mountain all of a sudden to just out of nowhere this gorgeous beautiful valley definitely experience i will never forget and definitely people i will never forget either just a good time meeting people that you all of a sudden like spend a few days with and you're like we've known each other our entire lives even though we definitely haven't and we have no clue who each other are it's like when you get out into that type of headspace of I'm out here for me, I'm out here for this. I, I feel like you just get to know people so much better or people get to know you a little bit better because you're just more honest about yourself at that point and where you're at and why you're there. Really cool experience. And then 
the next nine days, we, we drove around the island just on the one road, which is literally the one, mm-hmm. <laughs> just circles the entire road or entire country. It took us, I don't remember how many hours exactly to drive around. I, I wish I remember how many miles it was too, but literally probably could have drove around the entire island in a day and a half if you didn't stop. Okay. Probably less than that, actually, because there was only stints of like, driving five or five hours once, like four hours another time, and in between that, it was like an hour or two hours. So you could probably literally drive around this entire island in 24 hours. But we hit up all the hot spots, like we went to the Glacier Lagoon, where you just see the icebergs that come down from the glaciers uh, float out into the lagoon and then float out to sea, and then the ocean pushes them back. So there's a lagoon with a bridge under it that the icebergs will just come under, but then they get out to the ocean and a little bit warmer water, they break up, and then there's just all these ice formations on this black beach, which is really yeah. fucking cool. The day after the trail, we had a fiasco about trying to get the car, but we worked it out because I emailed back and forth a few times. I'm like, you let me book this car and said I could pick it up at this time. How can I not pick it up at this time anymore? And they only emailed us a day before we were supposed to pick it up. Yeah. So thankfully, I checked my email when I got signal that day. And they're like, yeah, you, you can't get it till 9 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. And we're like, well, we got to be like two hours away from Reykjavik on a boat at 10 a.m. to get to the Vestmanier Islands. So that won't work. But this cute little nice French girl stayed after, let us, like, she came and took one of the work company cars, picked us up, took us back to this clothes shop, let us rent the car, and let us take anything we wanted to off of this camping shelf, which I'm pretty sure everybody else gets to do that, but she's like, just fill up everything you want. Okay. So we got like $20 worth of food, like five, six packs of ramen and random shit <laughs> that we were able to just take and not have to refill. So that was cool. Drove that night just to a small little campsite, then drove and took that ferry to the Vestmanier Islands, and it was Friday the 13th, and it was probably the best Friday the 13th I've ever had. Like, we get there, and it's windy, and it's a little rainy here and there. We get to go see the Elephant Rock, and... I can tell you now, after seeing all the memes and everything about Elephant Rock on the internet, usually they show the picture of Elephant Rock in the face that I saw, but then there's a secondary picture showing an island that actually looks like Elephant. The second picture is completely wrong. It's no in no way, shape, or form related to the first picture. The actual Elephant Rock in Iceland is connected to a cliff that's connected to a big island that 5,000 people live on. Okay. And so there's a big city on this island, and there's never a city on the island that looks like an elephant and it would have been a way too small of an island to actually be this so it's just one of those cool little random things i i now have seen the real thing with my eyes and i can tell you the internet's fucking lying (laughs) as it does yeah it it tends to we went to go see that and then we went and climbed the edfell i think is how you say it volcano which erupted in 1973 required the entire island be evacuated and what's amazing is this fucking volcanoes on this island that like is not huge at all i don't know the square mileage or square kilometers of it but no one on the island at all died Mm -hmm. like five thousand people were evacuated and everybody was safe like lava ruined i think 400 or 300 out of the 800 buildings that were on the island and everything else was covered in ash the entire island had to be excavated people couldn't live on it for a few months and then they could start coming back but it's just crazy to think about the planning and the effort that it takes to evacuate an entire island on a moment's notice that oh fuck a volcano is about to explode yeah i mean as long as you know that there's a volcano there beforehand i assume that you would have 
uh, escape plans. Yeah, thankfully, I, I assumed they had the escape plans in place, but like, I don't know, that, I, you don't hear about anything like that in the United States ever happening. Right. I mean, outside of like um, Hawaii would be the only, yeah, would be like the one other place. Uh, they'll, although they need to start thinking about that for certain other places like Yellowstone. Or I was going to say Yellowstone. Slowly building, building pressure. Uh, but that that uh, volcano, I believe that when that one erupted, it affected the the climate like, across the world. Oh yeah. For like the next year or something like that what was it it stopped air traffic to europe for like over a week or was something that was like that it? the i knew there was one that, that stopped traffic i don't remember if it was that one but i yeah yeah there was one as, as recent as 2010 that also stopped it before maybe not that's, as many days okay maybe that's what i'm thinking of i, I was just one of my other podcasts i was oh yeah no there's it. lots there's but, uh, yeah there's actually it's not on vesmanir island so we'll get back to that but there's another or another volcano, Katla, that's underneath the big glacier there, which if it explodes, they say it could help correct global warming by lowering the temperature by two degrees. Yeah. And uh, the mean temperature, because it's such a huge, supermassive volcano. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's supermassive, but it is a huge volcano. And it's apparently supposed to be erupting like anytime soon, because it usually erupts once or twice every hundred years. And it has it in the last hundred years. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, it's just crazy to see the type of management they have in place because they know they're on a fucking hot spot. Pretty right. Much. Yeah. Like the uh, the tattoo artist I wanted to go see later on put it the best way I think anybody could have. He's like, we don't worry about the earthquakes or the eruptions. We worry when they stop. That's when we know things are fucked. <laughs> I'm like, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, because the earth stops turning and uh, churning. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, if you want to know what's about to be going down. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing when uh, when when the animals go quiet, uh, and and you know something's generally bad is coming, or uh, was it the the birds flying away? Like tsunamis are coming. You, you generally see everything leave, like all the the life just stampeding and flying as far away Get as they the can because out. they they kind of know more than you do. Exactly. And, yeah. No. It's, it's it's yeah. So in Iceland, watch for the sheep because they're plentiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. We were on this island and just going around seeing what else we could do because we weren't leaving it till like 7 p.m. and or maybe it was 5 p.m. I don't remember exactly what time I got the tickets for back, but we're walking around going to different little things. So we decided to go to the aquarium that's there. We find out it's actually a beluga whale sanctuary that just opened up in the last year. They don't have everything finished because they're actually going to make this huge area of the bay off the island an open play yard pretty much for these two beluga whales, uh, little gray and little white who they saved from someplace in China. Like they were in a sea world or something at one point, but then they got just shipped to China because there weren't any more sea worlds for them to go to. And so well, it, when, when, uh, well, especially in the U- United States, when everyone banned them from, uh, being able to transport the animals, they, the animals either sit in the, the locations that they were at and they will just, They'll live there and they'll people take care of them and they'll just die because they can't have the the interactions and whatnot that they need to have. Yeah. Because they're not allowing the, the folks to, to move the animals the way that they need to. Yeah. Which So a lot of that just kind of went, okay, well, we can't have them here. We changed like um, California did that really screwed over a lot of stuff over there. Yeah, so they just shipped them wherever they could at that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, where, where things can, and then it comes up to like who's willing to accept them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Animal acquisitions are it's very sketchy. in depth, and and uh, well, not not necessarily sketchy because if like for a Sea World, like they have to have their shit on point. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's it's there's no like they especially with with mammals because the FDA gets involved. Um, oh, that's true. And it, if your food is if your food isn't you know stored right, like that there should has to be on point because if they they'll get serious infractions and stuff. If not, I mean don't get me wrong, there are places that aren't reputable who do some sketchy or stupid shit yeah by all means but uh for the most part that that stuff is incredibly well documented and depending on the animals it's like okay who who wants this who can have this and you have to be like when you're especially with like aza and stuff like that your uh, your documentation of where you're sending it has to add up that makes and sense. you can't be like shipping something to somebody who um is known to have problems Got to be clarified and double checked. First. Yeah. yeah, sorry, my little oh, no, there. All good. The, the random shit that I know. But. <laughs> I was gonna say this is something you actually know. Yeah, of. yeah. Uh, anyone who doesn't know, uh, AZA is um, Association of Zoos and Aquariums. That's what it is. Okay. I was like, I, I know I have the words, I just have them in the wrong order, and I'm like, let me get that. They're right. there. It's somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Association AZA is Association of Zoos and Aquariums, which is something zoos and aquariums can do above and beyond. Like the, the like, there's FDA regulations and then there's AZA regulations. Okay. AZA goes above and beyond what the FDA requires because the FDA would be like your bare minimum that you need to do. Mm-hmm. But still, that's the government coming in and checking your shit. AZA is saying this we're going to hold you to even higher standard to make sure that the animals are being taken care of, things are being recorded properly, that um, things aren't going wrong and people aren't doing stupid shit. Something that's very needed. Yes. But. Yeah, so it's cool to see that they're setting up this beluga whale sanctuary because there's never been one before, apparently. Mm-hmm. We actually got to see the whales, little gray and little white, because they were in their indoor tank and uh, not out in the open yet because they don't have that fully ready. I guess in the spring it's supposed to be open for full time for them to go out and play or something like that. Okay. But, man, those are insanely intelligent creatures. You could just tell by looking at them. Like, the, the lady at the front desk was like, yeah, if you talk, they're going to hear you. They're going to know you. They know you're there before you even walk up there. Mm-hmm. And you could almost tell they're, like, flat face. They're trying to come up to the glass and rub on you or something. <laughs> like, they see you're there. They see you're up against the glass, and they just keep rubbing against it. And then we'll just go and do, like, a synchronized dance around each other in the middle of the pool and then come back up to, like, they're incredibly intelligent animals, you could tell, and just so beautiful, too. Like, I've never seen a beluga whale in real life before. I thought they'd be bigger, and I was like, oh, they're sweet. They're, like, little dolphin-sized whales. Mm-hmm. So it was just really something cool to see. And of course, I had to say, whale, how are you? Or whale. What is the fucking thing that they say in the whale in Finding Dory? Been a while. and yeah. I, that Whale, hello there? Is that it? Something along with it. Either yeah. one of those. I, I had to drop some corny ass fucking lines, of course, because it's me. Fair enough. But. We got to see a puff in there at the uh, place, too, because it, it was winter, and I didn't think I'd... Or not winter, it was fall, and I didn't think I'd be able to see any puffins because they fly out to sea. But I uh, got to see one puffins because they, they helped puffins there, too, and they helped release them into the wild at that aquarium. But we leave that place, and we're walking down the street. We're going to go to another museum, and a car drives by and stops. And it, this dude in the car looks at us. He's like, what are you guys doing? Like, uh, walking around the city? You need a ride? No, no, we're just walking. Where are you going? Uh, we're not really sure. We're just going to find out. <laughs> you want a puffling? Of what? Do I want a what? Because <laughs> he said it so quick. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck he said. Like, what do I want a puff of? Like, sounds like he's trying to pick me up. 
an <laughs> Evan up, and then all of a sudden it's like he's trying to sell us drugs, maybe? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> it's like one second, gets out of the driver's seat, opens up the back passenger or back driver's seat, pulls out a box. It's like, come look. So me and Evan go over and we look into it. It's a motherfucking baby puffin. Like, this dude just has a baby puffin in his back car, and he's like, you want it? I'm like, well, what do we do with this? <laughs> he's like, you release it back into the wild. It flew over the like out of the island the wrong way the winds blew it back over the island when they stopped they crash land into town because they're in the middle of town and the wind's not strong enough to be able to like get under their wings because they don't know how to swim or fly that good i mean they can't get back out to the ocean so people go they pick them up they take them someplace they get tagged that night or the next morning and they go release them into the wild apparently there's a huge thing on the islands i'd never heard of it and this dude's like, yeah, so you want to release it? And we're like, well, but sure, what do we do? Like, how do we do this? And this guy's like, go over there, just release it out to the water. And so we start walking away, and he's like, you know what? You want me to drive you there? And we're like, yeah, well, this dude actually just gave us a bird. He can't be that bad. Fuck it, let's get in his car. <laughs> so he drives us over to this one spot to go release the bird. And we get out, and he looks at the water. He's immediately like, nope, that's a bad place to release. And we're like, why? It's like you see all that oil out there, like fishy, like just shiny stuff. It's from the uh, fish factory, like all, where they get all the fish and uh, prep them to be sold to market or whatever. They just pour everything back out into the uh, ocean because it's technically biodegradable at that point, whatever. Probably right. not. I don't know. Well, it's It was from the ocean. It'll go back to the ocean. Exactly. It's, yeah. It, 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 it'll probably have its own problems. but it, And the problem like for releasing the puffin there, he said, is if it flies off but then lands into that, it'll get oily mm-hmm. and it will never be able to take off again. So he goes, we get back in his car and he takes us to the other side of the island which is only like a five minute drive it is takes us to the side of the cliff and i talk with evan i'm like you want to release it he's like no 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 you go ahead and release it and i'm standing there like god damn i'm gonna fucking kill this bird some way <laughs> shape or form i i don't want to be responsible for this bird's death but i, I really want to do this so i'm like uh, so how do i do this because like brian's not there i can't ask the bird expert what's going on and the guy's like just just grab it cup it and throw it in the air and so I grab it out of the thing. It's trying to get away from me, but I, I get a good hold on it. And I just look at him I'm like, is this good? He's like, yeah, and I just toss it. And I just go and I toss it. And it goes up. Good arcing curve up. And then I start seeing it go down. And my just like instant for a second, I'm like, God damn it. This bird ain't going to fucking fly. And then it opens up its wings and it flies. But I was so scared that that motherfucker was about to plummet and hit the rocks. And instead of releasing a baby wild bird back into the wild, I was about to just be one of the fuckers who kills one. <laughs> well, the, 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 one of those other entertaining things that happens with stuff like that is you, you release it and then uh, in comes some other like predatory bird and just snatches, snatches it, it out yeah. Of the air. yeah that would be my like, fucking luck people do that with like like little like um terrestrial animals and stuff it'll be like yeah. so then fucking hawk comes down or falcon comes down picks it up carries it away like motherfucker <laughs> yeah like god damn it i was trying to save a life and mother of nature just took it away so i got to do that which was really fucking sweet dude takes us back towards town he's like so you go to the rope swing we're like, what rope swing? We've been all around this goddamn island like all day. We haven't seen a rope swing. So he's like, I'll take you there. I'll show you how to do it. It's like, how could you show us how to do a rope swing? Like, you swing on it. Right. So then we drive past this construction site we've been driving past, and then he takes us into it. 
And that's when, like, the lights go off in my Evan's head. We're like, maybe he actually might fucking, like, try to steal our goddamn faces or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Friday the 13th, and he's taking us into this random construction site. And he takes us to the end. There's a rock wall there. We get out there, and this guy, his wife, and his two kids are playing on this rope. And in Icelandic rope swing, they find a sheer rock face that you can climb up a little bit here and there, like on steps or like little rocks that you could get up and then they attach ropes to it and you climb up as high as you can you grab the rope over to you you jump off and you swing then you jump indiana jones style-esque i guess you could say like not complete tarzan style so like you have your feet out in front of you so when you go and almost hit the rock you can like jump back off of it and go back to where you were okay now the whole key is to also lower yourself down the rope as you do this. So, like, you're higher up, and you keep lowering yourself, lowering yourself, till you get to the ground again. So, we see this 70-year-old guy go and do this. He's a fucking beast, this motherfucker. I don't even know how to say his name. It was another really long name, and he <laughs> told it to us, and I just didn't even attempt. <laughs> he does it, and I go to do it, and I'm like, man, he made it look easy. I could do this. But, like, I didn't really pay attention to when he lowered himself, so I go... I jump off. I'm probably about 10 feet in the air. My feet go and touch the other wall. I kick off of it. And so the only two points of contact I have are my hands on this rope, which is knotted. So my hands are above each knot that I can get hit. But I'm like, oh, this is a perfect time to lower myself when I have two points of contact. (laughs) So I go and let go of my top hand and I just fucking slip as I lower myself down. My hand gets off. I just fucking fall 10 feet straight onto my ass and slide across the ground. Jump up, and I'm like, I'm doing it again. I did it wrong. And he's like, you did it completely fucking wrong. Like, you're supposed to do that when your feet are on the rock. Dumbass me doesn't think about it, but even if just two of your feet are touching the rock, that's still three point of contacts when you take one of your hand away to stabilize yourself. So I did get up there, did it again after he showed me again, and I was able to do it. And it was cool as fuck. Evan went up a little ways. He did a little bit of a smaller jump. And I I don't know, it was just one of those days that was just completely thrilling, like, got to see Elephant Rock, got to climb the Sweet Volcano, took a picture like I was Jesus being crucified on the cross that was there, too, because it was Friday the 13th, had to do that. Then I got to release a puffin and do this crazy-ass rope swing from this crazy-ass guy that at a certain point I thought he might kill us. (laughs) So... It was a very random day and a very cool day. From there on, we just kind of drove around the rest of the island. We hit up uh, a bunch of different, what do you call it? Uh, well, a couple of different waterfalls, uh, a couple of different like glacier areas. We went on a glacier tour and actually did a glacier adventure where we had to cramp on up, get ice axes. We climbed up and down things. We traversed around crevasses. Our uh, guide was from, I think he was from Denmark or something like that. And he was one of the coolest dudes ever. He, he just had dad jokes for days. Like, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> and, hey, we're on a glacier. This is cool, ain't it? <laughs> and, like, I, I just kept dying at these dad jokes. He took us completely out of the way. Like, he saw a cool ice formation that wasn't there the week prior so he was like we're going into it i'm gonna rope up put in some uh, ice screws and he's like yep we're roping up we're going into it then we climbed out of it with our ice axes and ice picks that was really cool makes me want to go and do more alpine adventuring and maybe go take like alpine class somewhere of like the proper way to rock climb well ice climbing and do all those things all together because uh now that i've gotten some of these weird little not fears that I have, but like, is that something for me or is it not something for me like out of me? And I'm like, oh, shoot, that is something I'm down for. I want to go and learn more. Fair enough. 
but got to go do that. Uh, we went to go see the Black Sand Beach that everybody always talks about, the Stalk's Nest. It was a really cloudy day there, but it was still cool to see that. It's where I brought you back some black sand from. Also, we got to go see some cool sea stacks. And then in the north, we went to the city called Mivatan, and that place was fucking ridiculous. It's one of the bigger lakes that's uh, on all of Iceland, and it was where uh, my one friend Karma had a friend uh, live. And they stayed with them when they were there for a while. So she's like, hey, you're going over to Iceland. You've got to hang out with Nani. So we went to his family restaurant, hung out with him. And he took us to this sweet little uh, hot spring that was in the middle of someone's private land. And it was just a fisher that was going through the land. Yeah. And you had to go and climb into it and climb down probably like 25, 30 feet to the bottom of it to get this sweet-ass hot spring. When we got there, there's two girls who were bathing there or whatnot. And they're like, don't come down yet, but come down in a minute when we come up. And they come up, they're like, we got a whole bunch of candles down there for you guys. We're like, oh, well, we don't quite need candles, but that'll be a cool little thing to see. <laughs> like, thanks for setting the mood for us. <laughs> the mood that we don't need. <laughs> but it was just really cool to, like, be able to go to a hot spring that, like, hardly anybody else knows about in the middle of a fissure that could technically be said to be on the fault in between uh, the Eurasian plate and the United States plate. So... Technically, could we have been in between the plates? Maybe, but not technically because that's like hundreds of meters underground and shit where yeah. we aren't actually at. But also got to go to the Game of Thrones hot spring, which we found out from Nani was actually never in Game of Thrones and it was just a huge big deal that everybody thinks it was in Game <laughs> of Thrones. But when they went to go shoot it, they couldn't actually shoot in the cave because it was the middle of winter and it, it's like a a hot spring so steam just keeps coming up and when it's colder there's more steam and right so every shot they tried to get there apparently failed so they went back to hollywood and recreated the cave indoors and that's what you see in game of thrones not the cave that everybody goes to in iceland gotcha. which kind of sucks because i didn't mean to let that loose from our buddy tyler that we met backpacking who went there to specifically propose to his wife in that cave where john <laughs> and uh Egret had some fun and then I broke the news, and he's like, oh, that never happened there? <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, no, it didn't. <laughs> but that was a really cool time in a really cool area because there was all these, like, different rock formations everywhere from these different steam vents that would come up. There was, like, this one place called the Dark Castles, Demigur, and you could walk around it, walk through these, like, little rock formation, rock caves, and it was, like, Goblin Valley out in Utah, but all lava rocks so completely different but kind of similar just because you're walking through all these formations and i went to a few like little cavey areas and had to pretend to be like Gollum. <laughs> other than that we didn't really do too much else other than go over to akarai and that's where i got my vague this year tattoo at because i've been wanting to get a nordic tattoo for a while because i want to kind of fill up my body with little magical symbols and things so the vague this year is a rune of the Nordic compass, which helps you to prevent from being lost in storms, whether they be mental, physically, or in the afterlife. Just kind of one of those keep you on your path. Even if you don't know your path, you're on a guided path, keep on trudging it type deals, and a good reminder for me. And also, if I go backpacking, it's always good not to get lost, too. Fair enough. So I wanted to get that, and, I, and while on the Laugavegur Trail, I was like, you know what? I'm in another country. And I think it was actually even before that. We were walking around Reykjavik, and everyone was like, hey, there's a tattoo shop. You should go to a tattoo. And I was like, you know, I've kind of been thinking. 
I might just get a tattoo at every country I go to now that where it's feasibly possible. Like if I go to like China, go to some back alley motherfucking tattoo shop, I ain't getting (laughs) a tattoo there. It's not feasible for me at that point because I don't want no dirty needles. But Iceland seemed like a good idea. I wanted a Norse tattoo. So where better to get a Norse tattoo than in a Norse country? So we look around. I message this place in Akurai and this dude didn't even message me back. And so I was like, well, we could go stop there tomorrow and see what's up. But yeah, he, he really didn't message me back. So I'm not I'm not having high hopes. And we walk past this Vikings tattoo on the, this random street, walk in there. And the guy, uh, Mundi, and his girlfriend are like, yeah, yeah, we could do them. But not till four o'clock in the afternoon. We're like, well, that's like three hours away. But we got this poop smoked trout that we still have to eat and we got some (laughs) geothermal (laughs) rye bread so you know what let's just go to a park chill for a while eat this shit and come back and uh get some tattoos so we met up with nani nani gave us you just you graze over the fact that there's poop smoke (laughs) oh we're we're getting there (laughs) so we get this uh rye bread from nani the night before like a geothermal cook they go and they they take dough they put it in buckets they bury it underground and they bake a bread and they they get it out shit is good as fuck especially for being bread because i hate bread and with some butter on it i was asking nani when we were in the hot spring i'm like so you got to tell me about the smoking process here because i've been talking to karma and she tells me that you guys smoke shit with sheep shit <laughs> he's like oh yeah yeah we don't got no wood we smoke shit with sheep shit and i was like where can i get my hands on some sheep shit smoked anything because i gotta try this and he's like well there's actually a farm down the road when you guys leave turn right out of your campsite turn left here just knock on the door say nani sent you and uh get some trout i'm like okay um, fuck yeah let's do this and so we stopped <clears throat> at this farm that has their own sheep shit smoker cave that they smoke everything in got the trout from it and apparently we're supposed to eat it raw i'm not good with fish or knowing what's good to eat raw and i didn't think to ask master chef nani (laughs) so i of course i'm like we got butter we're frying this bitch up because i like cooked fish better anyway so (laughs) we're sitting underneath this awning at a shitter at this random park outside of Akurai, waiting to get tattoos, and cooking up some sheep sheep shit-smoked trout. Holy fuck, was that shit amazingly good. (laughs) Like, I I, I don't care that it was smoked with shit. Like, that was good meat. I I didn't notice any poopy taste. <laughs> I didn't really notice anything different from wood smoky taste. Like it it tasted smoked. And put that on some of the rye bread with butter. And man, that was like the most Icelandic meal I could ever eat. Unless I were to ever go back and go to one of their festivals and eat the ten year old goose eggs. But I don't ima- ever imagine I'm gonna do that because everybody throws up after eating them apparently. <laughs> but it's still a tradition. Don't know why. So we go back to this tattoo shop and I'm talking with the guy's girlfriend while he's finishing up an interview and she's just like, I don't know why, but I gotta tell you, like, yeah, we're in the program. And I'm like, What? I I got like four and a half years of not drinking. She's like, What? I'm like, yeah. And so like her her boyfriend were in the program and like, we're talking, like, me and this dude have so much random shit in common, like, things we used to do, what got us to where we are now in life, and everything like that, and then on top of it, he, he's a pagan, Norse fucking Viking-like motherfucker, about to tattoo a Viking tattoo on me, and I'm pagan, and we're both in the program, and I'm like, this this was fucking meant to be. So I get done with my tattoo, and then Evan still has yet up to go, 
So Mundi starts on his tattoo and his girlfriend takes me over to a meeting. And I got to go to a completely Icelandic meeting, <laughs> spoken all Icelandic. Nice. And everybody there was cool as fuck. A couple of the people, like, talked my ear off. A couple of people, like, didn't talk much. But that, that's to be expected anywhere you go. But this one guy was talking to me, and I usually get this a lot because I have forearm tattoos. But they're like, so you do heroin or anything like that? And I'm like, no. The guy's like, that's a huge problem in America, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, it's a huge problem. He's like, want to know what we do to heroin dealers here? Anytime anybody brings in heroin here, yeah, we got opiates, we got pills, we got the pharmaceutical bullshit, but anytime heroin comes in, we beat their fucking ass and some people die. Like, they kill their heroin <laughs> dealers. Wow. And I was like, that's legit. He's like, you want to know how I had to get heroin? I had to go all the way to Norway. And I was like, damn, that's fucking hell of a goddamn journey <laughs> just to get some heroin. Like, <laughs> goddamn. But it, it was one of those cool things, like just one of those pieces of the other ground I would not have known about. But they're so against the huge opioid crisis of heroin that they will fucking kick people's asses to make sure it does not come into their country. Fucking legit as fuck, in my opinion. But it was just funny because after that, the whole Icelandic meeting starts and I'm English. I don't know any fucking shit they're saying. Yeah. I, I know where they're at in the big book, so I can kind of pull bits and pieces out of it. Like, oh, I know what they're talking about there. But then it goes to be a discussion part of the meeting, and everybody stops talking. And I'm like, well, I feel like I got to say something. So I'm like, <laughs> hi, I'm Sam. Thanks for letting me come here. Thanks for putting up with how badly I smell after not showering like four days and looking all nasty. And thank you for feeding me your uh, waffles. I almost said pancakes, but they make waffles there for meetings. I'm like, I can get fucking down with this Icelandic <laughs> view of things. Like, we need waffles in our meetings here. It, it was one of those crazy random deals that I did not expect that to happen. Just like the whole puffin swing and a rope situation. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. All of a sudden, you go into a random situation that you're just flying off the seat of your pants with and then all of a sudden you end up at a meeting and with a bunch of new friends and it's like yeah. holy shit didn't expect today was going to be as good as yesterday let alone as good as the day before and just the, the effect ke keeps cascading till we had to drive to uh thing that morning or well at eight o'clock at night till about two o'clock in the morning through a storm that took up 90 percent of the fucking island <laughs> that was an interesting drive especially because like the one out there which is their biggest highway all around the entire thing it's like a fucking country road it's like driving on 30 in ohio like, yeah you, you got big cars coming at you with their big brights and sometimes they turn them on or turn them off and sometimes they don't and semis over there have like three sets of brights it is fucking horrible you could see them coming for forever <laughs> and it blinds the shit out of you but we survived that drive after a little bit of hydroplaning a little bit of craziness like all of a sudden we went to go underneath the bridge and this bridge was like under construction so we had to follow like a chain of cars that went through it and waited till we could go through it for like a half hour we're like yep well we're not getting there anytime near the two o'clock time we wanted to but our last day just traveling around we got to go and do some snorkeling in the Thingvellir National Park, which has the Sifla Rift in it, which is what people call the divide between the United or the North American plate and the Eurasian plate. Though, like we talked about before, that actually happens way far underground, and this is just a point of land that we can see drifting apart from each other. Right. But I've never snorkeled or anything before. That shit was cool as fuck. Like I. I don't like being a tourist. I don't like paying for tours, but that and the Glacier Tour were definitely worth it because it was some shit that I would have never experienced otherwise. It, it was really cool to be like just diving around all that algae, all the different rock formations, 
and just seeing everything from a different perspective, especially because I guess it's some of the clearest water in all the world is what your brother was saying. Mm-hmm. He, he commented on some of my Facebook posts. He's like, yeah, how cold was water? I'm like, I think it was like two degrees Celsius. Yeah. He's like, that's why it's so clear because it's just straight glacier purified water that runs through the uh, lava rock and all that stuff. So really cool experience. And Definitely recommend you and your brother should go out and try to experience it sometime if you ever get to, because that would be cool to actually do the full diving experience. Yeah. I tried to dive under the water. That shit ain't easy when you got a dry suit on, man. No. Like, no. I, no I, you, you get more I kept, and more buoyant. Yeah, and, bobbing back yeah, up. Like, uh, I'd be swimming underwater with my, like, front half of my body while my legs are just kicking randomly in the air. Yeah. It was not easy. Yeah, it gets more, you get more and more buoyant. That's why you got to put more and more weights on. That's, that's what the whole point of, uh, like scuba diving besides the fact you have this big tank of of uh air on your back as well you gotta add weights to keep everything a little more sinkable yeah uh, reach somebody you can reach neutral buoyancy yeah balance yourself out at neutral but yeah that's the overall gist of my crazy icelandic trip and it's been crazy to be back in the united states got some of the back in the u.s blues for a little bit but it's also like one of those things where I'm like getting back and like I got to reprioritize everything, refigure out what I want to do. Then all of a sudden the other week when I'm talking about my trip, because my boss asked me to talk about my trip on our team call, he's like, you guys know you could all like just go live wherever and work if you want to. <laughs> and like this is something I plan to talk about in my like one on one at the end of the year with them. And now I already got like permission to go do that. So it's like, yeah, I think I, I'm going to start reprioritizing what I'm going to do or think about doing in life, depending on like how other situations go over the next few months. Like 2020 might be my year to travel and like try to live in different places before i move there i gotta figure it out i gotta at least be able to take opie with me yeah and then like go to a place for a month rent out a place there if i can it's my thought process in my head come back for like another two months or so and like go somewhere else or do it for a few weeks or see what can happen because no matter where i go i'm allowed to work from so theoretically i could pull it off it would cost a lot but it would give me a much better idea of where i want to buy a house when that time comes fair enough but yeah so now I'm all up in my head about whole different slew of yeah. things. I fixed my head from other things, and now I fast forward into where else should I go. But just got to live in the moment now and find out what's coming tomorrow. So shall we jump over to a news corner? Sure. Try to hit a couple of things with the quickness. Yes. Speaking of people hitting things, Bang Bros hit a doxing site. Well, by hit, I mean they bought it and then burnt all the hard drives. <laughs> burnt them all. <laughs> they set them on fire. They bought porn WikiLeaks, which had uh, a bunch of adult-themed, uh, ad- adult actor and actresses like personal like real life information. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're like they finally were able to get a hold of it. They got a hold of the site. Then they took all of the hard drives and just torched them. They're like, nope, all that info's gone. No more for you guys. It's one way to deal with the problem. Yeah, that, that is. I was like, while you were gone, there was a whole bunch of uh, the vaping stuff that came out. I, at one point, I was like kind of supportive of uh, the, the Jewel CEO guy who was like, came out and said, don't use Jewel unless you're already, you know, using, you're already smoking and you're just trying to use this as your uh, nicotine thing. And I was like, not sure why I should be supportive of him when uh, he waited until now to finally be like yeah no you shouldn't do that yeah he, he certainly didn't mind getting the money in the first place of course so yeah who knows, but then no kudos i don't know yeah it, it's still a weird area because yeah it's obviously not great for you but i i've seen some things it recently also this week from the cdc stating that there was other things that were actually well, causing the, the illness so so there's 
there were the nine, the nine deaths, I believe, were associated with basically people bought black market like HTC vapes. Yeah. And they were, they were laced with something else or yeah. there, were, there was some sort of extra in them, whatever it was, I, whether it was intentional or unintentional. I yeah, don't that's the it. article I read. Like people were buying these off Wish.com yeah, and so, whatnot. So there's so there are those ones. And then there's the, the other like 200 some people who have basically you're getting like severe uh, pneumonia from you know vaping mm-hmm. um go figure you're vaping it, you know vapor and water yeah. particles in your lungs it's, go figure exactly um but there's one guy who uh who was like who was a hiker uh, you know he, he went around hiking and stuff and he's now left with like a quarter of his lung capacity Damn. after fighting the, the illness so there, there are a couple different ones there the the i think most of the deaths were associated to the htc vapes that uh were laced with something extra but still there are problems and this is bound to happen when the fact is like nobody's really had time to test and understand the the long-term oh, effects the long-term of, effects, exactly. of uh vaping and so the initial like effects and where people are saying oh it's healthier than smoking it may be true in like the short term but in the long term there are there still just th- yeah and, and and there aren't there's yeah uh, there are problems with it so yeah because i i jumped on the vaping bandwagon a long time ago when like before it was huge and that was kind of my stance on it like i'm like it's not as bad right now right of course like all this comes out when i've recently like started hitting vapes again yes yeah. like i've been around karma and the kids and whatnot and i'm like i'm not gonna smoke my fucking pipe around them so can right. i hit your jewel and then I didn't want to be that dude, so I just bought my own jewel, so I didn't have to keep hitting right. my jewel. Right. <laughs> and then I see you bring up all these, and I'm like, yeah, I know this isn't something I shouldn't be doing either. Yeah, I was. It's more like the the idea. Like I said, the the bigger thing is the fact that that there's still plenty of unknown. So oh, yeah. saying that it's healthier isn't necessarily the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just it's because we don't know the truth. Exactly. And, and there's plenty more still to come. I'm sure. I thought I saw at one point somebody managed to link it to cancer but that's just one article and i don't necessarily know that i trust or believe uh that first finding Mm because until it's i don't know if it was peer-reviewed or anything at that point but the the other one so and then michigan became the first state to ban the sale of uh, flavored e-cigs was something else that happened which trying to get it away from the kids yeah which was which was interesting because that happened around the same time i was listening to a podcast about um it was a smodcast one from uh kevin smith where he was talking to a guy who owns a like a weed shop or whatever in California. And uh, he was he went into like the history of uh, flavored cigarettes and why it wasn't they weren't actually originally marketed towards kids. They were marketed because they were they were better. They tasted better than the menthols and yeah. all that shit. And they, the reason they got banned was because the companies making the menthols and all that stuff were like, hey, we're losing money. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to blame that when, yep. when the cancer and stuff was coming up. Um, so interesting parallels, I guess, is, is where that came from. But speaking of the kids, uh, Pokemon stuff happened too. Oh yes, uh, I, I kind of felt like this was a little bit of a bust, but there was a twenty-four hour like basically it was it was like one of those things like they, they they set up a camera in the wild area and you can watch all the Pokemon come through, oh. and it was like ninety-eight per, or ninety-nine percent of it was already Pokemon you knew were in the game. <laughs> of course, like nothing special until the very end when they announced they they showed off the uh, Galar region uh, Ponyta. Which oh. looks like a My Little Pony, uh, okay. basically. That's the unicorn-looking one. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I, then, I saw the Farfetch evolution. I liked. Yeah, Sir Farfetch was announced beforehand, um, or Sir Fetched uh, was announced beforehand. Uh, Sir Fetched is going to be in Sword, 
uh, the Ponyta will be in uh, Shield. But a lot of the other stuff was were Pokemon from other games. The uh, uh, Morlol and, and Shintok and um, Phantom. And then the, uh, the little Imp guy was already previously announced. But they kept teasing this uh, Pokemon on the back. And then eventually it was revealed that it was just a Galar form of Ponyta. It's kind of a, a bit of a bust. Just thought they would have showed off a little bit more than just one Pokemon. Like one new Pokemon. Yeah, you would expect at least like two or three of them to be shown right for like, a twenty-four hours and stream. not at the end. Yeah, and like here we're gonna tease this little thing, and like people kept hearing Ponyta uh, cries, mm-hmm. and then at the very end they they heard a Rapidash cry, and then it knocks over the the camera. So that's the whole thing. The folks from Game Freak talked to uh, Game Informer, where gave a little bit more information about the uh, the fact that eventually you know more of the Pokemon will come back. You'll have a full national decks in the future. Uh, not necessarily in this game, but in like subsequent games. Yeah, they'll get enough, they'll get far enough to where they have it fully updated. Right. Uh, and then EXP share was something else that they talked about, which I'm not really sure why this is news because I feel like this has been a part of the game for a while. I guess it's just they're finally getting rid of the the item itself, EXP share, and it's just going to be across the board. Period. Okay. So you can't turn it on or off. I don't. Yeah, I don't think you can turn it on and off in, in this one. I, and it's just I think it's just going to be across the board. Uh, and then they gave a few other things. I guess there's going to be. Uh, between the two games, there should be um, 18 gems, but there, there you, you're, there's only the eight that you need to compete in. So there's like a, a I think it's kind of explained as like a, a major and minor league almost, okay. and like so obviously cool. the major league is what your your main uh, goal, goal is. is so it's kind of like uh, to be the very best, right? You you go through and you um, in Sun and Moon where you might do like the the smaller things, and then you get to the big trial for for getting your badge in, in sun and moon so it's something similar to that and um yeah there will be some gyms that are only specific to, to one game or the other but then in uh also while we while we were away in uh, rio the mayor tried to ban a comic book because it featured a kiss between two male superheroes and this was like because they were having a big like sale they're just kind of selling a bunch of stuff and this was a comic from uh from 19 it is from the 1900s i'm so yes. old uh i think it was from from 99 but it's it's not like it's a, it's a relatively new one and uh it showed a, a kiss between hulkling and wyken and uh it was like it was one of the big like first um homosexual yeah kisses in yeah comics and so he tried banning that at the sale uh and instead it sold out <laughs> of course <laughs> people were like you ban you. it we'll buy it right speaking of marvel though game shop games workshop and marvel are teaming up to make some sort of 40k comic that would be interesting in to see what comes out they used to do comics but never with marvel so it'll see it'll be cool to see what quality they come with right i'm kind of curious to see if like um Dan Abnett will come across to tomorrow. Like Dan Abnett's done stuff with Marvel and and GW. DC. Yeah, well, yeah, and GW. But like I, the lot, like the last stuff with with Dan Abnett I've read was at DC with Aquaman, and obviously he's written a bunch of books for GW. So I'm curious if he'll come across from GW and uh, with GW to Marvel and write some of these books. That'd be great because he's a great writer. Um, so well, they they really didn't announce much other than uh, it's. So coming landing sometime in autumn of 2020 so you got about a year before you'll see anything else but in other comic book news over at dc uh, a little bit of history for some folks who don't know way back in the day there was a character called jason todd who became 
uh, Robin after Dick Grayson grew up and moved on from the Robin moniker and, and became Nightwing. Uh, Jason Todd took over and people really hated Jason Todd. Like he was just not likable for whatever reason in the comics. And uh, I guess DC had gotten so many of these um, letters in the mail that they were like, they put out a poll and they said, Hey, mail us, mail in your, uh, what you want. He will, do you want Jason Todd to, to die or do you want him to live? And uh, this led to this crazy story where Joker kills Jason Todd later on retcon and whatnot to to make a little make some other stories and jason todd's back in the comics as um red hood but on the uh in the dc universe um tv show the titans jason todd is on the show and uh, they've decided hey we'll put the poll back up so you can vote once again to see if you want jason todd to live or die we shall see <laughs> currently last i had, i had heard death was in the lead oh, so uh, history may repeat itself <laughs> It could. It's kind of cool to see them asking the fans which way they want to go with the story. Yeah, I mean the, that's what they did originally because of the, all the letters and, and so much hate for the character, and then and then after it happened, people actually felt bad because they contributed to the death of this character. Of course, we feel bad once we actually decide he's dying, but we caused it. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. That's all I got. Well. Hopefully you guys enjoyed us being back, and we'll be back to bring you some more next week. But in the meantime, you can go listen to our back catalog on anywhere that you like listening to podcasts. You can also leave reviews over there on iTunes, help other people find the podcast. Make sure to go watch some of our YouTube videos, too. That's Geeks with Issues, G33KS with Issues. You can also use that same spelling and put at gmail.com and send us an email. So... Get in touch with us. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you liked. And we will talk to you later. So long. Bye-bye.